Welcome into another episode of Bet on C2C, brought to you here by the lovely folks of Campus to Canton. Austin Nace here again this week, joined by Chris K. Chris, uh, happy uh, happy Thanksgiving here. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, man. This is uh, it's a fun holiday because my Lions play on Thanksgiving, which is always fun. We don't usually get to see them otherwise. And it provides the uh, one of the best weekends of football slates there is with constant action every single day, which is great. It really does. I always forget you're a Lions guy. I am, unfortunately. Although, three in a row. Dan Campbell's got me, Getting hot. Got me jacked up. Getting hot? Yeah. You guys so, aren't going to know what to do with yourselves. If we beat the Bills, the the the, twi- the Twitter sphere will just blow up. Like, the Lions fans will get crazy. They probably deserve it. You you probably deserve I mean, deserve to do that after. You know. Yeah. I'm just worried about the expectations of like, can we make the playoffs? The nice thing is that, you know, the whole, the draft pick thing, it's like, well, we're ruining our draft pick. Well, I would just like to win for once. So let me enjoy that is what I would say to that. But then also the Rams are doing a great job giving us the top five pick that we need. So that's true. Yeah. So you get, you get to pick either way. That is really nice. Yeah. So win, win, win. This is, so this is one of uh, the burning the red shirts favorite cfb slates is there one that pops up in your mind or is this top 10 for you or what do you think it's probably my favorite but mostly just because of things to go around go go along around it as well like i don't have to do anything this weekend like i can pretty much just lay there and watch it and like not feel bad or guilt like i'm supposed to do that it's just which is a very nice feeling yeah yeah Yeah. hey that goes into it too you know there's many facets of what makes a great slate of, of football and uh, I think that's perfectly fine to have that justification. Are you a are, are you pro Thanksgiving or are you anti Thanksgiving? Because I know there's like people that are very split on this, like like, like turkey I, and stuff. Or... Like I hate Thanksgiving. Like it's stressful. Like I hate my family. Like Uncle Jim <laughs> is a jerk. Like where, where my do you family fall on the scale? is pretty antisocial. So and all of our family lives in Michigan, basically. So we only like I only go see my parents, my in laws, my brother and his like in-laws so it's pretty simple enough where i'm pro thanksgiving like with the lions playing my mom's a great cook you know everybody does bring something a little bit different which is nice um and again like like you said like there's an expectation of like don't talk to me we're watching football and everybody understands it so yes i'm pro yeah are you pro or are you anti it's my favorite holiday that see i don't know about favorite holiday what makes it better than some of the others? Well, so I'm a big Scrooge. So Christmas is just is not at the top of the list. Um, I This is going to like, it's just a holiday for excess and laziness. And for some reason, just the fact that this is like actually a national holiday that we get like significant time off of work or a lot of people do. It's just very interesting to me. Football. I mean, I'm, I, I I'm like learning a lot things. about you right now. I know, I know. the excess and the, the laziness. I didn't realize that about you. I don't get to do it most much most of the year. So a couple of days where, you know, just just hanging out. It's really nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess we should talk some betting here, some DFS, some prize picks, all that good stuff. The usual what you'd expect from us. Um, before we do that, guys, we're doing a Black Friday through Cyber Monday promotion here at Campus to Canton. Signing up for a new year-long walk-on or scholarship membership. Get 25% off of that. Uh, usually $29.99, $49.99. So I, you know, quick math, take 25% off that. That's what it is. 
for people that already have a membership with us, aren't looking to switch over, you guys are all going to get an email, uh, I think on Friday morning, that has a promo for you to pre-order any of our guides for the upcoming year, CFF, Debbie, Supplemental Freshman. Uh, buy one, get one 50% off. So go check all those things out, guys. Uh, thanks to everyone that that is already a member. And if you've been thinking about it, no better time. I and mean, we've got some bull stuff coming up. You guys are doing a bull um, a bull bash or what's it called? It's called the bull bash. Bull bash. Burning a red shirt. Zach, that's like Zach's thing. Like every year he talks about it in like August. We're like, dude, not, don't, just stop. Like, let's not try to revamp this in August. But it's a pretty fun DFS type contest where it just takes the entirety of the bull season, which is nice. Uh, it brings in some strategy that comes into it. And basically it's like DraftKings. It's like if DraftKings opened a uh, contest that started on the first bowl game and ended with the playoffs or the, not the championship game, but through that pre-championship game. So it's pretty fun. And we get, I think we've gotten like 40, 50 people in the past and pays out decently too. So it's a good one for sure. So hop in with the sharks over at BTR. If you're looking for a challenge this year, I mean, is the, is the best way to hop into your Discord? Is that like the? Way I think that's the only way. Zach really pushes the Discord, and I think he's made it where you have to join the Discord, and then you have to then there's like a channel that's there for it. But you can yeah, find clicked, that at the top. Of, the little trophy, and I got in. That's yeah. Nice. Well, I would say if you don't want to be a part of it, but you want to be a part of uh, the Bull Bash, just do what I do and just mute the entire Discord after you join. So there we go, guys. Life hacks there. All right, let's hop into prize picks here first. Um, really not a lot of games on here yet. I was really hoping we're recording this actually a day later than you guys usually do. I was hoping there might be a few more games on here. Looks like it's mostly Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Egg Bowl, um, and that Baylor-Texas matchup. So, I mean, still some interesting stuff here. I know you're looking at the, at the Egg Bowl here as kind of some of the stuff you like, specifically Will Rogers. Yeah, I think we both kind of like uh, the Egg Bowl, which is nice. You know, Thursday is just one game, but everybody wants to have a little bit of juice on the night game of college. So uh, I like Will Rogers in terms of passing yards and fantasy score. Um, the fantasy score feels low at 20 and a half. I have him around 25. Uh, so that feels real low. And then the passing yards, you know, 315 is is it's a big number, but that's pretty low for Will Rogers. I, I think I lean the fancy points more, you know, the negative to that would be, you know, if Ole Miss's pass rush gets aggressive and they sack him a bunch, then you get hurt based, you know, counter to the uh, pass yards. But, you know, he throws three touchdowns. All he has to do is throw 200 yards. You know, that's pretty, that's a pretty low number for him. It, does, does, would you prefer one over the other? I think I slightly prefer that fantasy score, but I mean, I like them both. I, I expect this to be, you know, not like the highest scoring game of the week or anything, but I mean, this this game traditionally is pretty, you know, reasonably, you know, 35-30, somewhere in that range. And we, we know Mississippi State's not doing it on the ground. I mean, so I, I think I slightly prefer the fantasy score, but but I think both of those are, are interesting. Does he have a, a passing completions prop as well? He usually mm. does. Let's 30 see. and a half. Eh, it seems 30, that's, that's that does seem <laughs> high. Uh, you know, I don't know why that one feels way high. I'd have to look at like his season numbers and stuff, but how many well, times me, has he completed 30? Passes? Let me click. So I just clicked on like the little bar thing that shows you like what he's done over the past five weeks, and he's missed it four of the five. Although it looks like he basically hit like 29 or 30 in most of those weeks, he's averaged 31.6 over his last five. So 
take that for what it's worth. I don't really know. Yeah, 30 and that's... a half just always seems so high to me. Yeah, it's just hard to to grapple, grasp your head around it. So, I mean, he's gone back and forth with it. I, that feels like I just don't play it. You know, that feels like the other two feel much better. Um, and like you said, like these games tend to get a little wild. And he can be super efficient at times. So he could go 25 of 30 and throw for 400 quite easily. So I think I would lean, while an interesting prop, I think I would... Stay, it feels a little cute to go with the completions when you have the other two available. No, I agree. And sometimes it's nice to kind of find that cute one, but uh, but yeah, not not for that. What do you what do you think about? I mean, some of the guys for Ole Miss here on the other side of it. I like they they've only given us Jonathan Mingo and Jackson Dart props. Like no Quinchon Judkins prop, no Zach Evans prop, no I don't know who else you'd want. I mean. They I actually, actually like they have go. some Judkins. They have some yeah. Judkins, but it's pretty. I looked this morning. Oh, yeah, um, it's pretty aggressive. I actually think his fantasy score is a tad high. It's like we're dead on of what I have twenty two and a half, and I have them at like twenty two point four. And his rushing numbers, there's like it's actually kind of insane how similar they tend to be with me. I have one hundred nineteen rushing yards. They have one hundred twenty point five. So they're all pretty dead on. Um, none of them, none of them really jump out to me. Um, but the thing is, right. You kind of want to, you kind of want to do the whole thing in one and be able to do a two player prop. And so that means you need an Ole Miss guy. I think you said you like Mingo in the pre-show, right? I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, his fantasy score is 11 and a half. His receiving yardage is 58 and a half. I kind of like them both. They give me enough pause that I'm like, well, like which one would I rather play? But I think, again, if this one's going to be 35-30, I think I like Mingo to be the main receiving option in this one and probably cross both of them. Like He's not a high-volume guy, which is why I maybe lean yardage. I, I mean, I, what do you think about this one? I think I'd lean... They're both pretty tight on my projections. I think I would lean score. Okay. Just because I would rather... I think I'm looking at trying to get that touchdown rather than... Um, get the yardage that you know if he's a if he's a lower volume guy, which he is. They kind of spread it around a decent bit, and Dart's kind of struggled. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, if he's going to get 11 and a half, he needs a touchdown, and so he would totally blow it out of the water, in my opinion, if he gets both. But I think they're both tight enough where you go with your gut. You can go with your gut, and it's perfectly fine. So, um. Play play yardage, and then if it goes wrong, blame. Yes, Chris, don't blame me. Maybe I don't. Uh, I got. I just got confused. Yeah, no, too bad I, you I can't hammer you're, both. I see what you're saying. Yeah, too bad you can't hammer both Rogers lines. Obviously, that's not viable. But just pick which one. You know, eat some turkey, eat some ham, and then uh, figure out what your gut's saying. We were talking before the show as well. Like we don't love these these Ohio State Michigan lines, right? Like they all just seem like the only one I think is interesting is this CJ Stroud rushing yards line Um, because it is four and a half. If they don't, they have a pretty banged up team. It's quite possible they go pretty heavy in the passing game. You know, Michigan's pass rush isn't as good as it was last year, right? With the Jabo and Aiden, you know. So I don't think they're going to get sacked as much as you know would concern you. And he's starting to scramble more. Yeah, um, yeah. 
because they've kind of struggled in other facets of the offense. So I like for over four and a half. That's one of the ones I think I actually like that one. The other ones are pretty tight. The other ones are, eh, I'd rather just wait for other Saturday stuff to do. But I think the Stroud over four and a half is interesting and I like it. The JJ McCarthy, I think his rushing yards is like 18 and a half or something like that. Uh, 15 and a half. It looks 15 like. and a half. Yeah. You know, depending on their injury situation, does Corum play? Does Edwards play? You know, this is going to have to be like a JJ game, and he's not a like we've seen him. He's shown flashes of great passes and accuracy, and then he'll do stuff. Like for a great example would be against Illinois. He thought he had the defensive offsides penalty, so he threw like recklessly this amazing thirty-yard laser to Andrew Anthony in the uh, on the goal line, and it just straight goes right through his hands. It would have been a touchdown, and then he throws like the worst passes to tight ends six yards away so i think they would lean more on some of that kind of qb run option type stuff and so i think the 15 and a half is intriguing but not one i would put a put a stamp on just if you like it and i think it's pretty interesting you know you as the uh, listener likes it i think it's an interesting one to to check out you are a michigan fan or at least part of your fandom is michigan have you heard anything about you know quorum edwards availability are they keeping i mean i'm assuming they have they're totally i know Turkey Gate uh, is your your big line right now. I, well, yeah, that. I think it was Nate in the Slack was like, well, he was passing out turkeys. Like somebody said something about him passing out turkeys. Somebody, and then I was on Twitter and I saw Kevin. Um, he posted that like Reddit thinks he's out, but somebody else was like, you know, there's it's a bone bruise, like it's a thigh bruise. It's not a uh, anything structural. My gut says he's super limited or he's out Donovan Edwards is probably out. And then, you know, they're going to rely on a bunch of young guys, which is dangerous. I don't, I think they're talented. I think CJ Stokes is pretty solid, but you know, as a true freshman, this would be your first game starting. This feels like a really bad spot for Michigan to be in. Michigan's also shown that they don't necessarily like running that 195 pound guy a ton between the tackles. You know, they waited until Corum bulked up a little bit. He wasn't necessarily that guy. And now this year, Edwards has kind of been that guy that they don't necessarily want to do that with. Stokes is listed at like 195, right? Like he's, yeah, he's looks kind of, you know, still lean. Like he hasn't really done he's, that college he, bulk yet. He's way more Edwards than he is Corum. That's for sure. I mean, he's like, I think you, like you said, 5'10, 195, something like that. You know, Corum's like 5'8, 220 or something, something stupid. New muscle uh, hamster. Yeah. So, he's way more Edwards and they haven't had a lot of success with Edwards running it, you know, like he had that big Penn state game, but part of that was just kind of his speed and a couple holes. And I think Penn state just kind of had an off day defensively because they just were beat the heck up uh, in the second half. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think prize picks would even dare do some Michigan rushing stuff because it's just so unpredictable. If Corum plays, I think he's super limited. I mean, he is a bruiser between the tackles a ton of carries for five yards of carry type and considering, you know, his lower body is injured. won't be a hundred percent that he doesn't feel like an effective um, player option. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I, I don't really have a good read on how that game is going to go with all the, the injury question marks who's sitting out. Uh, I don't even really know what that game flow is going to be. It could be so unpredictable. My gut says all those guys are out on Michigan and Ohio state will be just fine. Um, but if Corum plays and is healthy, I think anything can happen. Cause I don't think Ohio state, 
I think there's two sides to the coin here. Ohio State. One, they haven't looked super impressive, right? They've shown games where they've struggled uh, and had to pull away in the second half, kind of like Michigan in a bunch of games. But we've also never seen them fully healthy. So if they are fully healthy and have all their different weapons, could we see them put up 49 points? You know, like it's certainly possible too. But so I don't really have a good feel if uh, if Corum and them are healthy. But I don't know. I'll, I will shamelessly be hopeful as the game kicks off on Saturday. Of course, of course, as you should be. Um, that's all we like on Prize Picks, right? I mean, I, I, the the Texas Baylor lines again. There's not a lot of them. You it looks like yours, Bijan. I think that's really all that's up at the moment. Xavier Worthy has a receiving prop, but I mean, nothing, nothing too interesting there. No, I think if you're going to bet stuff right now, you do the Egg Bowl stuff and just have fun with it for Thanksgiving. You know, grab a beer, throw twenty bucks on something, and have some juice. You know, this Whoa, stuff isn't changing. High roller over here is throwing twenty dollars <laughs> around. Oh. Uh, so I don't think the other stuff is good enough to necessarily want to throw something out. and i don't think any of this stuff is changing like cj stroud rushing yards isn't changing from today to saturday like sometimes you worry about lines changing but i don't see that happening at all no none of these uh enticing enough for that um let's shift into some of the dfs slate here i'm going to defer to you uh completely on this basically because we don't have it where i live so i've never even really tempted it you got to move man I, oh, I don't know if it's just <laughs> easier to, you to the move border. and like retake a bar exam or what's the closest state to you that has it. That's a good question. I actually don't know. New York, maybe. I think New York has it. I don't, you know, but that's like, I'm like, to worry about it. I'm like Southwestern PA. It's like four hours to New York. Like that, that might be the closest state, but I, it's not like a date, you know, a day trip across the line to, to fill it yeah. out. There are people that do that. Which I know amazing. Proton was telling me he used to do it. Um, I have a couple buddies uh, that do do that. They'll they travel a decent bit, so you know you people wonder why they always DraftKings will throw up like the main contest for Saturday on like Monday and won't have any pricing or games. They just want you to be able to reserve it because think about it: if you fly to a state that's available, you can enter as much as you want, and then you can always edit it later. So. I used to do that when Alabama didn't have DFS and I used to go to Auburn and I'd enter stuff. I'd get to Auburn. I'd be able to edit all of it, you know, on Saturday mornings. So interesting that they set it up that way, like intentionally. Ever. Well, they, you know, they want everybody to, yeah. to join as much as possible so they don't have to pay out, you know, bad, <laughs> bad numbers on their part, but D- DK famously inclusive. Thank you guys. <laughs> um, so let's jump right into this. I mean, what, um, some pricing things or things that you're looking out for just generally. I think I haven't been able to dig into pricing as much, um, but I think there's really, I would consider this two main slates Friday and Saturday. We kind of have a main slate on Friday that goes like your typical noon and three o'clock noon and three 30 games. Then you have an afternoon slate. I think that starts at three or three 30 and DraftKings will do stuff. That's really tricky that I love. And one of them is, they will create this main slate on a day. They'll do the afternoon slate and they'll throw a couple extra games in. People get thrown off by it. They don't even think about these additional games they've added. And thus it creates some pretty fun situations, especially like, for instance, in this example, the additional games that they included were uh, UCLA and Cal, which is a pretty good fantasy type game. Uh, And then the complete opposite, which is Nebraska, Iowa. 
So you get like the potential of UCLA, uh, DTR and Charbonnet as guys that could be lower owned because people just haven't even thought about them or maybe forgot to do projections for them, et cetera. So I think those are pretty fun aspects to it. But on Friday, just three quick kind of uh, points. Utah State versus Boise State. Did you see when they play on Friday? I did not. Is it's extremely late? It is a noon game. And it's New- at Boise Eastern. That's and they play at Boise State, which means it's a 10 a.m. local start time, which means, I mean, think about that, right? Like, when are they getting up? Like, when are, when's the pregame meal? When is stretching begin? So my thought is this is kind of goes into some betting aspects to it. I don't usually dabble on this. I would avoid this game for the most part. The total is somewhere in the 50s, which, you know, is nice for the slate. But I kind of like the under on the game, especially if you can do like maybe the first half. feels like a Moxley bet there. Um, Because historically speaking, you know, you slow, you know, when you're not used to it, it's a slow start, right? So who's used to playing football at 10 a.m. and getting hit like that? So I would avoid that game for DFS purposes. This New Mexico Colorado State game. While I enjoy DraftKings adding random teams and games into the slate, the total is like 35. And we run into the problem of like no reporting on any of this stuff, like trying to figure out who the quarterback for New Mexico is going to be is going to be a huge pain. So don't even worry about it. It's not worth burning money on because you're (laughs) you could get it right, but you got it right for a 35 game total. So I would avoid that one. I think the game you want to target is this Arizona, Arizona state game, Arizona, as we saw last weekend was brutal defensively. Um, They struggled offensively, but some of those guys did well enough to be happy with their, that game totals around 65. So I like both and that'll be a a tighter game. So I like both those teams as well. So any thoughts or. Yeah. I mean, you looking at Badger and Valaday from Arizona state or you prefer one over the other. I mean, Arizona is so bad on both, you know, like, it's not like one's a funnel. Um, I'm always kind of think of both. Yeah, I'm always a validate guy. He's used in the passing game. He's a big time touchdown threat for them. His transfer from Wyoming to was it Wyoming to mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Wyoming. Arizona yep. State was just incredible. Um, what a great choice! Not a lot of guys make good choices when they transfer. That was a great choice. Uh, and this Burgett guy hasn't been bad. You know, like he's kind of expensive but considering some success randomly you know he wouldn't be a bad option to use with like a badger for sure and then on the arizona side obviously you want to i would avoid the running backs those guys kind of s- split one time they'll get 60 percent of the carries the next they'll get 20 percent. so i would kind of avoid them and instead look at the passing game maybe a bounce back for delora um and then all those receiving options or threats even the tight end they have had a pretty decent game and he comes in pretty cheap tanner McLaughlin, you know, all you need is is a touchdown from him, and he he has a really nice game. So he would be worth kind of a sprinkle as a cheap option on a weirder slate for sure. So in this, and, and we have a pretty wide array of people that are listening to this show. I just know from feedback, you know, that we've seen or, or seen people talking about it. So if you've got, you know, Arizona's it has three legitimate wide receiver options there. I mean, Ted McMillan's fallen off the past couple weeks. But you got him, you've got Singer, you've got Cowing. If you've got three of those guys on a slate like that, are you just kind of just targeting the cheaper option? Because I'm assuming all of them are going to be reasonably expensive. Or are you kind of like, I mean, if, if Cowing's projected the most and you can squeeze him in, you're taking Cowing. I mean, how, how do you generally play those things out? 
Well, they're they're all kind of priced the same. Um, okay. I just would go based on the guy I like most in terms of like projections and recent performances. I think Singer has turned into enough of like a receiver one B for you to like him because he's cheaper. Now a high game total is always nice for a guy like McMillan. He has kind of slowed down, but he has eight touchdowns on the season. So, you know, if the game total was like 40 and the the implied total for Arizona was like 22, that's a little bit scary, but considering it is going to be somewhere around the thirties, you know, that's a good sprinkle of, of, uh, of action. Typically what I find is while Arizona is a good offense to target, you don't get a ton of them just because of pricing. You know, they instead of going with some of these other options from other teams that are random, but they have good value, you know, it'd, it'd be t- it'd be hard to go with like a cowing at 7,700, even though he is like a receiver one and a good offense. So long story short, I would just go with the guy that you like the most. I think that guy this weekend is Singer. I think McMillan is worth a sprinkle and I, I, you know, a little bit more expensive, but a little bit more um, volatile. And then cowing is always a good option, but I just, you know, you're hoping for that big upside game that he can show. How do you feel about <clears throat> someone like Bo Nix or, or some of these, these teams that maybe like, you know, they've either got injury questions or honestly, we're hitting the time of year where teams are kind of running out for th- of things to play for. Like I, I know like for some of these guys, they're still going to play no matter what, you know, your, your Ohio state guys are going to play, but if you're, if you're Bo Nix, who's thinking about going to the draft, you know, Oregon is for all intents and purposes out of the the running here for the, the, the playoff. I mean, there's not there's not a lot else. I mean, do you kind of tend to shy away from those guys late in some of these end of year slates? I think I'm starting to think about it more. It definitely hits when it comes to bowl uh bowl season. Sure. Um, a guy like Bo Nix, you know, he's banged up too, right? So like his usage is down. I might look you know, in a pivot situation, they have good running backs that get a good amount of carries. You know, Nick's had like what 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. So I think that's a good opportunity to play his running backs. Um, But to get back more towards like the draft and like, what is he really focused on? Yeah. I think like if it's certainly a coin flip type situation where if you are between two guys, I want the guy that has um, more to play for a good example too, would be like Jameer Gibbs, you know, He's coming off an injury. It's an iron bowl. That's not going to be super competitive on paper, at least like if you're Gibbs, he's no allegiance to Alabama. He's played there for one semester. Like I could see him not playing. I could see him not playing much. I could see him playing uninspired. And so a guy like Jace uh, McClellan is super interesting to me um, because he could get a lot more carries than he really should. So with college football reporting too, you know, we should know if Gibbs is going to be playing, but it is certainly possible we don't, <laughs> which is crazy with Alabama and, and how big of a program they are. So he kind of, he kind of can get a little cute with the guy like uh, McClellan, who's projects well even um, as like an RB two for them against an Auburn team that's, you know, they're probably playing a little bit more inspired because of Cadillac, right? So you know, guys like Tank and Jarquez might outperform their typical because their running back coach Cadillac, who they all love. The stadium was insane against um, A&M. Everybody in Auburn loves Cadillac. So I could see that team playing inspired for them, uh, for him, and ultimately seeing some some uh, value in guys like Tank and Jarquez too. So 
you know, look at the backups. Uh, I wouldn't say backups, but like the 1B type player that might get more that's still a good play, even if Gibbs were to play type situations. Um, you know, if a guy that's looking at the draft, like Knicks, is also injured, that's a situation to, to avoid as well, especially because he's going to come in at such a high price. I It kind of looked to me like DK messed up McClellan's pricing for this week, just to toss it's that like, out there. He's 4900 like right? Yeah, I mean that that's yes. pretty low for the guy that could be starting in this game, and it's not like Auburn is like a crazy, you know, great rush defense. Yeah, I think that's a great situation to attack. You know, like like I said, Gibbs. Even if Gibbs plays, he doesn't get. He's not going to get sixty five percent of carries, right? So you could think that McClellan's going to get twelve to fifteen carries, a little bit of usage in the passing game, and that's fine. I think what happens is guys might get a little cute if he was six K. Like, do I want to take a risk on McClellan at 6,000? Maybe a little bit, like a sprinkle, but I definitely don't want to have 10, 15, 20% of a 6K McClellan. But I like that type of pricing. You know, it makes people think about the situation. It's not, you know, if it was 3,500 or something, everybody would play him, right? Something like 4,900 is super interesting um, because it is a little bit of a misprice if we hear nothing. So I like... I like when DraftKings does that. I think it's a little bit of accidental, but I'll give them props. I'll give them props on this. Uh, anybody else you're looking at uh, on this slate? Like any players in particular that have just kind of stood out to you? I know you said you haven't looked at a ton of pricing. Um, like the the Western Kentucky guys actually seem like they might be slightly cheap to me, just based on playing FAU. Like Corley's only 7,300. Like I know that's not cheap, but it's not you know expensive, expensive. Yeah, I think, is that a Saturday game? That's a Saturday game. But yeah, I think um, that brings a good point, right? right? On Friday, we get some action. Yeah. We have a lot of degenerates in this campus to Canton, you know, as, as subscribers, which is awesome because I think that general point of casuals are not going to, like my neighbor who loves to ask me for thoughts and opinions and players, like he's never going to think of using a central Michigan running back or quarterback, right? Like, so if there are good options, don't be afraid to go with them, even if they are on Eastern Michigan or whatever, right? Because you might find some good low ownership and those guys tend to break the slate a little bit more than others, right? I especially love like Western Kentucky players in that Saturday slate. Um, because like, if you follow the the campus to Canton group enough with articles and podcasts, you know, like Austin Reed is super impressive. Corley's been great. David Davis has games, you know, Jalen Hall has come on strong recently with touchdowns. Um, Josh Simon is kind of an interesting cheap guy. You know, I can't imagine casuals have any idea who Joshua Simon is or Matheson, you know, those types of players. Right. So I would be, you know, same with James Madison on Saturday, right? Like how all of us here know Chris Thornton and Percy and Centeo or however you pronounce it, Todd Centeo, like, and they haven't been on slates at all. So those are good areas to to target and hammer, and they come with good um, team totals too. So I would really look at those games um, intently because I think you can find a lot of value and uh, some good ownerships. Awesome. Um, so is your uh, is your um, lock of the week for betting something on that that Boise State first half? Which, by the way, I did look up. It's twenty. The the, the total for the first half is twenty seven which is very interesting to me. The first quarter is 11 and a half. I think I would rather do the first half, right? Uh, but I think that is a really intriguing bet for sure. 27, you know, four touchdowns. 
you know, Boise State likes to run it. Utah State, same thing. Cooper Lega, like those are those seem to be both run first type players. You know, O Lyman might be you know tired from a little bit of maybe some some turkey. You know, they maybe they hit the pancakes a little hard. You know, like so I like I like the under there. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like I would be so pissed if I had a game Friday morning the day after Thanksgiving as like any sort of athlete like just it's not gonna end well like what are they you know they might be a little sad they didn't get to see family there's a lot of ways you can push this towards you know reasoning for under yeah yeah i um i like that too i actually haven't i've been betting on world cup stuff i haven't really looked at the uh the college football slate for this weekend yet in terms of betting um so i do not have uh a lot of opinions, but I think I like the under in the Nebraska-Iowa game, which seems a little high at 38 and a half. I'll toss that out as a, a line that I like. I mean, Nebraska, they're pretty down bad right now offensively. They can't really move the ball effectively at all. Um, yeah, with even with Casey Thompson back yeah. last week, they looked pretty rough, right? Yeah. Like, I, I like that as well. It's crazy. to It's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen so many game totals in the 30s this year, and it feels like every week there's five. Yeah, New Mexico, Colorado State's thirty-five. It's even lower. Like, I mean, that's yeah. Um, like that, yeah. There's a couple of them uh, on this slate as well. So, real quick, I'm gonna before we wrap this up, I think <laughs> we're trending towards that direction for Saturday. Some other thoughts on DFS. Sure, yeah. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State. I think that's a a fun game. Damian Martinez um, for Oregon State is super interesting, and then I like the Oregon running backs and a potential kind of pivot away from. Superstar all-world Bo Nix being banged up. You saw uh, Nix ran significantly less um, than than usual after that injury. Purdue players are going to be really good options. Charlie Charlie Jones uh, specifically, but Aiden O'Connell is super interesting. I think they play Indiana. And Peyton Thorne looked pretty good against them last week. So I think that's a good uh, option. And then I would avoid this TCU-Iowa State game. Um Cartevius Norton has gotten a ton of usage, but like every single time it's like 17 carries for 60 yards, you know, like that game is going to be super slow. The totals in the forties, I would avoid that one because you're going to be paying up for Duggan, you know, Kendra Miller has looked good, but they seem to be underutilizing him, which is just crazy. I think I would avoid that one in terms of um, options for the slate. And then finally, Oklahoma state, West Virginia, (laughs) Spencer Sanders, I just did the projections for them this morning and he rates like a God. Like how am I supposed to, he, he ran, he threw 60 something times last week and he ran like 45% of the time. I didn't project it to anywhere near that. And he still is at like 32 points just because West Virginia is just, that's a team that doesn't have a lot to play for. You want to talk about narrative coach is about to be fired. Everybody knows it, you know, Prather's banged up. So if he plays, you know, he might not play just because he's banged up and they're not going to, you know, they're awful. Um, They have a guy, Barham, Cortez Barham. He's super cheap as a receiver option. There is interesting, you know, but like a guy like Garrett green for West Virginia, the quarterback, he's got a lot to play for, you know, he's playing for potentially a new coach or that he's got to figure out. And also, you know, some of these guys might be playing for transfer portal, you know, like you never know what's going to happen with a new coach. Neil Brown is basically all but fired. I think Green is going to have another big game 
Um, and he's good on the ground. He's like a, I've said this already, but like a poor man's Bo Nix. So it'll be interesting to see him play against Oklahoma State, who's been god-awful recently. So, Yeah, West Virginia is kind of an enigma right now. I mean, they, they, they beat Oklahoma two weeks ago, and then last week just went out and laid a total stinker. Like, it just yeah. bizarre, bizarre. But I guess that's the Big 12 for you sometimes. Well, you're kind of seeing them already on the exit, right? Like Donaldson, CJ Donaldson is essentially in the portal. I don't think that's confirmed. But it's I was going like... to say, is that confirmed? I mean, I saw that rumor that he had, like, scrubbed his Insta account or whatever it, of West Virginia yeah. stuff. But uh... it's unofficially official, I think. It would make a lot of sense coming off a huge freshman season. You know, like, sure, he'll be RB1, but, like, what is what is the coaching style going to be? You're at West Virginia. I don't think he's, like, tied to West Virginia. Like, a Drake May is to UNC in terms of no. that No, I mean, he's a Southern guy. The only, the only thing they really have going for them is that they were, like, the only school that recruited him to start off with. Right. And we've so. seen guys like that kind of move around, right? Like, guy goes to G5 school and then um, transfers up. Like, Cowing did that. And, uh, you know, the guy that got hurt at Texas, um, Nayor, Nayor did that as well. It was unfortunate, but like, that's not a bad idea. Not to say that West Virginia is not a trans, you know, they're not already up, but like, if you could go to an SEC school, like if you could go to Kentucky or something like that, right. South Carolina, like, why wouldn't you, if you're at West Virginia with coaching troubles, ready made Jaheim Bell replacement. <laughs> What a weird situation, Jaheim Bell. South Carolina, man, they might be they might be trouble for Clemson. They were so bland and so predictable offensively to start um, that it just caused them to just fall behind huge and just look awful. They've gotten really crazy, kind of like the bowl game last year against North Carolina, where all of a sudden, like, Joyner's throwing passes, Bell's catching ADR touchdowns, and he's throwing passes. Like... I don't know what took them so long, but they have all these like, um, you know, these guys that can do a lot of different things, pretty decent. But if you tell them to do the one thing all the time, they're just not all that great. And so it's it's interesting that game against um, Tennessee last weekend was awesome because they just left everything out there and did all the craziest stuff. So they better do that stuff against Clemson or they're going to get pummeled. Yeah, yeah, there, there needs to be some some trickery uh, involved there, I would think. Um, it makes me wonder, I, I see a lot of people hype up Jaheim Bell. And this is not a DFS or betting discussion, but, um, like, I, I don't know that how good of like a tight end he is. And I don't know how good of a running back he is. Like he kind is of almost it? falls between the two, you know, cause you were just, you, know, you were just saying if you ask him to do one thing over and over again, that's not really his game. I'm not sure the NFL. Are they going to love that? I don't really know. It's very interesting to see what happens with him. I don't know if there's like a. I don't is like the H back thing is like probably the closest bet to it, right? Like, but is that a is that a thing in the NFL? Like Taysom Hill is about as good as you're gonna get, I think, from like an H back perspective, where he's multifaceted in that he can actually throw the football and he's still not a consistent performer. Like he can run decent, he can throw decent, he's got decent hands, yet he's still not consistently a solid player. So I don't know if that's like an NFL. I don't know if that's like an NFL position, but I'm not a big, I don't, I'm not like a big film guy or anything like some of the guys on the CTT squad. Well, send them to your Lions. Maybe they'll figure out how to use them there. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you just leave that coaching staff up and they'll figure it out. First round I've tight always, end. I always have, Who says I always have faith. 
Oh yeah, well we'll pick a tight end. Don't you worry. I'm tired of us picking running backs in the second round too. Like as much as it would be fun to have like a Bijan or a Gibbs or something like that if they were to make it to the second round, it's like, can we stop? Like, can we just pump the brakes on second round running backs for a little bit? But you guys got Jamal Williams. What else do you need? Guys, a star. I like Jamal Williams, and all of a sudden Justin Jackson is like a good role running back. But poor DeAndre Swift. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's football for you. All right, guys, we're going to get you out of here. Um, from all of us here at Campus to Canton, and certainly from Chris and I, I have a wonderful Thanksgiving, however you celebrate. Um, I think this is our last week of bet on C2C for the season, right? I mean, this is our, our – so, There's I mean, the championship game next week. You know, who knows how late schedules might make it a little difficult, but I'll probably put some videos together for the bowl season, um, maybe the bigger stuff or the weirder stuff. But, yeah, this will probably be one of the last official – yeah, so thanks for, for following along this season, guys. Um, good luck in DFS this week, your CFF finals, all that good stuff. We'll uh, we'll catch you later. See you guys.